God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I always remember chairs, especially when there was a lot of people and you're hosting some sort of Thanksgiving meal or some sort of celebration. There's always one chair in our house that seemed to wobble. The joints were loose, and whenever you sit on it, you just go back and forth and back and forth, and it felt like you would almost fall off if you didn't balance it right in the middle. And so the entire hour and a half meal or whatever, you're trying to find that balance point. You're trying to sit right in the middle so that you don't fall over. And it's always a battle, trying to pull against gravity, trying to balance your weight. Then there's this game called, uh, I think it's the Steel Ball Labyrinth, I'm talking about. It's a game with two knobs, and you put the steel ball on a, a maze, and... You have to balance it on this line, and you go down this line, there are holes. If you, you don't stay on the line, you fall through a hole, and you've got to start over. And you have to use the knobs and back and forth on the line, trying to get it all the way to the end. It kind of feels like you're, you're balancing, like on a chair, back and forth, trying to keep that, that little ball on that little line so that you don't have to start all the way over again. And it's always a balancing act. To stay on that line is easier said than done. You see, you you could get that line pretty easily. The ball will roll straight to that line, but to keep it on that line is something that's much more difficult. Today, in the Gospel of John, we're told about love. We're told about amazing love that the Father has for the Son. Let's just read it. Chapter 15, verse 9, As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. It's amazing kind of love that the Father has shown to his son, a son that, that deserved the love that God the Father showed him. Because not only was he his son, but Jesus obeyed, obeyed everything that the Father would have him obey. He obeyed his will. He obeyed his commandments. He did everything that would please the Father. And so the Father loves the Son. But then it says, the Son loves you and me. It loves, he loves you and me just like the Father loved him, an unconditional love, an unbreakable love that he has given to us. But the thing is, we aren't worthy of that love. We never were. Yet Christ still gives it to us. He, he still offers us his love. He gives us the center of his attention, he puts us right there and he says, you are my loved one, no matter what you do, I love you. And then he says, remain in my love. Now, if Jesus stopped preaching, because this is kind of a sermon he's preaching, if he stopped right there, that would be very hard for us. It would be very difficult. Remain in my love. Because to, to remain in love, while we say it, while we, we think it's going to be easy, it's very much kind of balancing on a chair or, or balancing a small ball on a thin line and trying to keep it there all the way around. It's not an easy thing because there's forces pulling you left and right, back and forth, trying to pull you out of love. Now, of course that love that we've been given was for us a gift. Even though it was a gift, it was an expensive gift, expensive on God's part, that Jesus came down from heaven, setting aside all his glory. He lived an obedient life under the law, man-made law, 
and died a death to give us this gift. To get to that point and give us that love, to take us from, from the death that we had in our own sins and put us at the center of his affection, it was a lot of work for Christ. It was work for God. But for you and me, it was a gift. It was no work at all. It was free. But then these words come along and says, remain in that love. Does that mean we just stay how we are? Does that mean that we don't really have to change at all? Because since Christ loves us unconditionally, since there's nothing that, that we can do that he can't forgive and, and can't continue to love us for, if there's nothing that can change, shouldn't we just stay the way we are, not move at all? It's, it's like a camouflage. If you're camouflaged, you don't want to move. Otherwise, someone's going to see you. Is it kind of like that, where we just don't move because we already have the love that Christ has given? We just got to stay. If we thought that way, we'd be neglecting to think of how the devil and the world and our sinful nature treats this kind of love. See, Christ has given us love. He's put us at the center of love, but then he says, you're going to have to stay there, remain there. It's kind of like a king of the hill. You can't stay at top. It might be easy to get to the top of the hill by pushing someone down, but once you're at the top of the hill, you have so many people looking at you, trying to pull you off, back and forth, and so if someone comes to you, they try to grab you and pull you, and if you counterbalance with them, they'll let you go and you fall back. They try to grab your, your foot and trip you up so that you tumble down and so that you're not king of the hill anymore so that they can step up and be the top. It's hard to stay up there. It's hard to remain. And remaining in Christ's love is hard because Satan is always there trying to pull us back and forth. He's trying to trip us up. He's, he's sending our sinful nature and causing us to doubt God's love for us and doubt our love for each other. And you see how Satan tries to trip up our love. That he, sent, he causes us to be skeptical of people around us and suspicious. For sometimes no greater reason than a look or how we say something. He, he, he tries to break us down. He tries to separate us by arguments, trying to cause us to be jealous of each other. He tries to, even with Christians, you notice that sometimes it's so easy to love someone when you first meet them. Sometimes it's so easy to love them when you first meet them. But once you get to know them a little bit more, it's sometimes more difficult. Sometimes it's hard to stay in love, to remain in love. Because there are so many forces that are pulling us back and forth. So many things that in our heart that cause us to be suspicious. So many acts of the sinful nature. Remain in my love, he says. That might be the hardest battle you and I Christians have to face in this world. To remain loving. Because so often we, rather than Remaining, we just want to stand and stay. We don't want to 
extend our arms in love to those around us. We don't want to care for those around us. We'd rather care for ourselves than anyone else. And so we end up finding ourselves not moving at all in love. We're not really staying in love. We're being pulled away from our apathy, our laziness. He says, remain in love. How do we remain? How do we stay? Well, as Jesus puts us in the center of his love, he says this to us in verse 10. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that, you may jo- so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other, he says. Obey my commands. This is part of a Christian's way of remaining in Christ's love. You see, what Christ has done for us is absolutely amazing, that he would give us this unconditional love, that he would die on the cross, shed his blood to cover over our own sins, and it would be insane if we turned around and said to God, thank you for your love, but I don't need to love anyone else. And so God puts down these commands. He gives us all these things, not that we can obey them in ourselves, but they are red flags for us that stand up. Whenever we walk out of God's love, whenever we stray, they, they, they pop up in front of us, like rumble strips on the highway. If you stray from your lane, you'll hit the rumble strips. To shock you into to knowing that where you are headed is away from Christ and his love and away from the love of neighbor. So that we don't end up in a ditch where we say, thank you, Christ, for my love and your love for me. But I don't really need to love someone else. Remain in my love. That's hard. It's difficult. In fact, we can't really do it at all. Love as Christ has loved us. Can we give that love? We can't. We can't give that love to more than one person because Christ's love brought him to death. If we love someone that way, we could only love one. How do we remain Christ's love? Well, what John describes here, it's more of a result of our faith than a command for us to do. He's inviting us to these things to remind them. Because as faith grows towards God, we see the value of his commands. As faith increases, we see that love for our neighbor is valuable in this because we first have been loved. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. There is no greater love than that. And then he says this, which takes a burden off our back and brings us joy. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. 
and appointed you to go bear fruit, fruit that will last. God invites us, Jesus invites us to love, and he says, I chose you for that. This isn't just a a coincidence that you're in my love. It's not the fact that you you chose me and you just chose the the wrong thing. It's I, I chose you before the beginning of the world. I picked you and I said, you are going to be my loved one. I'm going to put you the center of my affection. So you know that you are supposed to be there. And as I choose you, I I choose you with this. That you go bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And it's amazing what Christ has done for us because then he says to us in that prior verse that this information about love, how you are to love your neighbor as yourself, what what you're supposed to do to remain in my love, you know it all. What my Father has revealed to you, what my... My Father has given to me, I have revealed to you. I have given to you all the words of my Father that tell you how to love, that show you how to remain in love. And as you read these words, it's the Holy Spirit working on our heart, keeping us at the center of Christ's love. And when Christ is at center, the next ring out is our neighbor, loving our neighbor as ourself. Realizing how much Satan pulls us and tries to lure us away from the center of Christ's love and realizing when those red flags go up, when we hear God's commandments as we read it in Scripture, we know how to step back by the strength of God into Christ's love again. When we find ourselves lazy and apathetic in our lives, not reaching out in love and caring for those who are right around us, that red flag goes up and reminds us, Are you loving them like you love yourself? He says, bearing fruit that lasts. What's interesting in this passage here, in our last week sermon, was there are two promises that were made. They're the same promises. Some people think it's just a promise concerning prayer, but it's more specific than that. This is what it says. I'll read the verse again. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Last week, verse 7 of chapter 15, it says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Here's one of those misunderstood passages that we think we can sit down and pray for, for anything and God's going to give it as long as we ask in God's name. But, but here, he makes it more specific. These two occurrences of, of this promise happen in this passage, in this chapter, where it talks about fruit, fruit that will last. And this isn't fruit, like the good things that we just do for our neighbor, but the good things we do for our neighbor because of the love that we have in Christ. He promises, ask in my name. Go ahead, ask for a fruit. Because this is my will, that you have fruit and you bear fruit that will last. You ask for it, and I'll give it to you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ask for these things, and I'll give it to you. They're yours. This is what I will for you, that you love each other as I have loved you. I have chosen you for this. I've had some good conversations this last week about our love. Maybe not individually our love, but as a congregation. Are we loving? Or are there red flags going off? Are, are we loving our neighbor as our, ourself? Or do we love ourselves a little bit more than we love the world and our neighbor? Sometimes it's easy to focus on ourself and what we need rather than to listen to God's commands and go into the world. Extend our hand to the world. Not just stay. Not do nothing. But go. And here's, here's a paradox. Going is remaining. When we go with God's love, we remain in God's love. As we give it away, we stay in God's love. As we share Christ with others, there we stand the center of his love. So as we hear God's word, as everything that the Father revealed to the Son and the Son revealed to us, as we hear God's commands in our ears, as it strikes our faith, do we remain? Do we see the commandments and how we often fail? And then do we, we correct those by hearing God's word, by, by hearing the, the means of grace given to us by the Holy Spirit? Do we strengthen our faith to extend a hand of love to those around us. Remaining in love is not easy. It's a battle that we Christians will face until Christ come. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Ask for patience for that, that person maybe in, in this church that you just struggle with. Ask for kindness when you see someone maybe that needs the love of Christ spoken to them. Ask that God increase your faith. That's a fruit. That you go stronger and hold unswervingly to the word. Pray that the devil does not inch his way between our relationships and tear us apart. Because you see how the devil works, right? Good friends can become enemies. Off of nothing. Satan works off of nothing. He does it. He does it in the world and he does it with Christians too. Remain my love. If you obey my commandments. God has given us this wonderful foundation of love. He's done it first by placing us at the center of his love. We would be foolish if we said, thank you, Jesus, for your love and not go love someone else. You see how people fall away from love by not loving other people. By not connecting themselves to God's word and his commandments. Not in a meaningful way. Not fruit that lasts. Someone could do great things in this world. They could feed the hungry. They can give to the poor. But if Christ is not the center of that, it's not fruit that lasts. It's only temporary fruit. 
So today we ask, Lord, may we remain your love. Keep us on that, that fine path that we can't control ourselves, but, but you do through your word. We are holy before you. We are righteous, but here in this world, we, we suffer our sins and are tormented by our weaknesses. Give me strength, Lord. Give me fruit to bear. So as we as a congregation as a whole look at God's commands, we can say, let's go and love. Not ourselves, but love our neighbors. And as we do, the wonderful blessing of us remaining in love. You're going to be pulled. You're going to be pushed. But through Christ Jesus, through his commands, through his word, through his spirit, he keeps us in his love because he's chosen us. Christ Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed, printed for you on the bottom of page 5 in your bulletin. We confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.